You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to talk about ball control and out-of-system hitting. You know, we talk a lot on the pod about serve and pass, but ball control is also an important element that is crucial that you train because there's a lot of situations that happen in our game where you need fantastic ball control. So that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is... The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 77 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week. I'm actually recording this really, really late. Normally, I have my episodes well recorded. You know, sometimes I'll do it on the Sunday because, as you guys know, I I launch an episode every Monday. Um... So sometimes I'll do it on Sunday, sometimes I'll do it Saturday, sometimes I'm doing an interview, I'll do it during the week, but I always get it done before. I'm recording this 12.37 a.m. Monday morning, so the episode should have already already been dropped at midnight, um, so if you're in a different time zone where you normally listen to it right at you know 12, uh, 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, then unfortunately, it's not, it's not out yet. So I had a super busy day, uh, I had... Um, our DVA live training today. We went over stats, statting practices, statting games, what to look for, how to take stats, what are the what's the importance of stats taking. So, I had a busy day with our DVA members. I'm um, doing that live training and preparing for that training and stuff like that. So, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to record this episode. So I'm doing it really late. So, if my voice sounds tired, it's probably because I am. Uh, but regardless. I am always going to drop an episode every week. doesn't matter what time it is. Mondays, you are getting an episode. So I'm here at 12.38 a.m. on a Monday morning recording this episode. So I'm excited to be with you guys. I'm excited that you're tuning in. And if you are a new listener, welcome to the pod. Sorry, that, that was a bit of a, a weird intro if you're, the, if you're a first-time listener. Um, welcome to the pod. You got about, what is it, 77 or 76 episodes to get caught up on. So a lot of episodes, a lot of... Uh, well, I hope great, valuable, tangible things you can take back to your gym. And if you are a regular routine listener, thank you as always for tuning into the pod. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you trusting me by listening. And, you know, hopefully I'm able to deliver some value to you guys today. Uh, and today we're going to talk about ball control and out of system, uh, out of system hitting, out of system balls just in general. But the, the, uh, the, the reason this episode. Like, well, I guess the reason that this idea got sparked in my head was, so we had a um, we had a game on Friday night in playing Niagara. Now, now you, many people know Niagara Falls, right? Big tourist destination out here in Ontario. Uh, we played against Niagara College, and Niagara College is a very sound, technically sound team. Uh, they run a really, really, really fast offense, and it was a it was a great game. Uh, we came up on the on the other side or on the on the good side, I guess. We won three sets to one, so our team played really well. And I think the reason we played really well was because of our ball control. 
and, and more our out of system hitting as well as our ball control. And I can tell you that we've lost games because of, of poor ball control. And I think that it's one of those skills that, you know, we always talk about serve and pass, serve and pass, serve and pass. You have to serve and pass. But I feel that sometimes the ideal of ball control, uh, it's not a forefront. It should be because ball control is really important. And ball control is not passing. Like passing is off a, off a serve receive, right? Ball control is just controlling the ball, you know, whether it's a free ball, whether it's um, a ball that's been blocked, like like the, the, our our defense has touched the ball on a block and we have to play it out now. There's a lot of different situations with ball control. So there are going to be some tangible and and pieces of advice that I'm going to give you, but also this episode may may be short and sweet because I want you to be aware of a lot of different situations that we have to train. And it's important that we train these different situations because they happen in a game and when they happen in a game, you don't want to be a coach like and I'm telling you this is this is me all the time sometimes, like shaking your head and be like, how did we lose that point? You know, coaches, you ever, you ever have a situation where the other team will free ball it over and either the ball touches the floor, you mishandle the ball and give it back to them, or it leads you to free balling it back over to the other court. How many times has that happened to you? It's happened to me way more than it should, both at the club, the high school level, and at the college level, I can't believe sometimes what I see. It's unreal. So ball control is very, very important. And we'll start by understanding there's two different types of ball control. The first is overhead ball control. So that is how well can you manipulate the ball over your head? That could mean a variety of different shots that you would take when you're attacking the ball. It could also mean what? how are you playing the ball above your head on third contact, whether you're attacking in system, whether you're out of system, whether the ball is just high on your side of the court and it's a third contact that's needed and you send it over, but how do you send it over? You know, down ball, a jump attack ball, like how do you do that? Well, that's all part of ball control, overhead ball control. Do, you, do your players have the ability to control the ball over their head and put it where they want it to go? Now, that is actually a very difficult skill to do, especially on third contact. But one thing that I want us to understand is that on third contact, if we are not attacking the ball, like in system, like a regular, you know, the ball is set nice and we have, a t- we have time to approach and attack it. Okay, that's, that's, t- that's what we want to do. But let's say that we're not in that position to be able to make a full approach or the setter wasn't even able to set the ball. It was just a ball that's popped up in the air. And we have a third contact to hit it over. Now, we have a rule in our gym that says at, it is your absolute last resort to bump the ball over the net on third contact. That is, that is if there is no other option available to you, then you can bump the ball over the net. But we, and I, I encourage all of you coaches to do this, we train our athletes both at the college and at the club level to attack for every third contact, providing the ball allows you to do so. So if the ball is high enough on third contact, I want you swinging at it. I want you making an aggressive approach if possible. And even if it's not a full approach, a two-step approach is fine and getting on top of the ball and swinging. Even if the ball is directly in front of your forehead and you can't even approach, I still want some type of attack on the ball because 
If you give, and this is a stat I like to throw out there all the time, if you give a team a free ball, nine out of 10 times, they're supposed to convert. They're supposed to score. So we want to make sure it's as difficult for them as possible if we're not going to have a full in-system attack or even a full in, or even a full out-of-system attack. We want to make it very difficult for them to bring the ball back over to score, okay? And this is a different mindset as well and a mindset that I think is important to get your athletes to understand as well. When we have a situation where it's third contact and we got to put the ball over, we can't think in the short interim. We can't. And most players will think in the short interim, oh my, oh my goodness, it's a free ball. Let's just get it over and hope our defense will bail us out. Okay? Even if that, like, if you have no time, okay, coaches, you have no time, no problem. You just got to get it over. But if you have time and you understand like who's responsible for what lane and who's responsible for what area and all that stuff, if you have time to make a play on a third contact, you make a play on it. You attack it. You attack it. Because then what you're going to do is, is instead of bumping the ball over, you now have to make them play defense. You now challenge their ball control. And if they don't have a great ball control, guess what's happening? You're getting a free ball back. And now we can run our offense accordingly. So you see how you play the long game? It's really important, especially at the older age group. It's important that you value that third contact. You value the offensive ability of the other team. And you value what a point is. You're valuing the point. You're playing the long game. It's a game of chess. So when we are on the court coaches, and when you guys are playing some six-on-six six ball and you're taking a look at options on third contact, I want you to pay attention to how many times your team is just bumping the ball over when they could have made a play on the ball. Now, overhead ball control doesn't necessarily mean you're jumping and swinging. Yes, that is a great option, and I, that's your number one option. But if the ball is low enough where you can't jump and swing fully, then over you can still go over your head and down ball, but aggressively down ball. How well do your players have control that they can aggressively down ball, so put some speed onto that ball, and get it to a location of their choice? Two different things there. One is getting an aggressive down ball, having the ability to swing on the ball, make it go over the net at a great speed, not hitting the net, which is what happens quite a bit when you see unexperienced or inexperienced players try to you know, overhead contact the ball hard. It tends to go in the net. So do they have the ability to do that over the net at a good speed and pick a desirable location? Now, coaches, where is a desirable location to send the ball on third contact? Position one, because that's generally where the setter is. And if the setter's front court at that point in time, that's okay, because guess what? The hardest set for a setter to set is a ball that's coming from behind them. And typically, the player in position one is behind the setter when the setter is going to be ready to set the ball if they're in their position. So long story short, overhead ball control is very important. We have to train both on the ground overhead ball control and the air overhead ball control. No approach overhead ball control as well as with a full approach, the, the, the variety of shots you can do. And I haven't even got into the variety of shots, but tipping is part of ball control. Roll shots are part of ball control. Deep shots, short shots, Okay, corner shots, cut shots, all these different types of shots 
are part of your overhead ball control. So how comfortable is your team's ability to use their overhead in a variety of, a variety of different ways to control the ball? You know, in beach, beach volleyball is very known for overhead ball control because they're not allowed to tip, so they have to do a lot of great things with their wrist to position the ball where they want it to go, okay? So that's that's overhead ball control. I talked a lot about overhead ball control. Volleying as well, by the way, volleying as well is part of overhead ball control, being able to place the ball in a specific location with two hands. That is also part of ball control, okay? And transitioning to some forearm ball control, forearm ball control is is your, your classic bumping the ball, you know, using your forearms and having your athletes comfortably using their forearms to put the ball where they want it to go. And also to receive the ball in a way where they want to control the ball over to their setter. So there's a lot of ball control elements when it comes to um, our game. Okay, you got overhead, you got four, you got overhead ball control, you got forearm. I spoke for a really long time about these two things, but it's the foundation. And you have to understand, and the reason I'm spending time on it is because coaches, I want you to realize that we need to train both and we can train both in many different types of capacities, many different types. And I'm going to get into a couple of different variations that we're talking about here. So I've already talked about free ball ball control. Okay, your ability to send the ball over the net on third contact, as well as your ability to receive a free ball. Do you have the ability to control a ball that is, you know, free balled, but let's say it's a down ball at a good, a good speed? Do your players have the ability to take it, intercept that ball and get it to their setter? Now, that's something that I think is important. Now, when now, now coaches, when you're at the younger age group, a free ball can mean a very nice, easy bump over the net, which is very easy to control. It's the easiest type of ball to control. A nice bump high enough into the court where you can get to the ball. Get to the ball. Now, when you get to the higher level, those bumps become lower and faster, as well as you start seeing the overhead ball control that we talked about earlier. How well are you at receiving those? Do you practice that in practice? Okay, We, we do a lot of coaches on a box, Coaches will go on a box and they will overhead swing at our players standing on the box and they'll overhead swing at our players in various locations and they have to work on getting multiple reps but work on the quality of the ball so that they're getting it to their target. And this is where coaches, you can really dial in to the technical ability of your players. Do they have the ability to create a platform efficiently? Now, again, you may have heard me talk about passing with this, but ball control is the exact same thing. Are they elevating their shoulders? to create that separation from their body and their platform. And also to create a flatter platform because when you elevate your shoulders, your platform is able to be flatter because you can bring your elbows in further. Because when you bring your elbows in, it opens up your blade, your base and your platform and you have a flatter platform. Remember, we want our platform to be flat, flat as possible so when the ball contacts it, it's not hitting any bone, it's hitting pure forearm flesh and that's how you direct the ball to where you want it to go. And also, you'll notice that your your forearms aren't as red as they would be if you were getting bone involved. Because remember, sometimes, especially younger athletes, you see a lot of forearms get really red. Well, that's normally because they're hitting their bone and they're contacting in different locations on their forearm. It's not really consistent. But if you can find your sweet spot, your sweet spot is that one spot on your platform that you know is gonna the ball is gonna go where you want it to go, and you want. The objective is for the ball to hit that sweet spot every single time. That's the goal. So how well can you do that? 
coaches over the net. Good, solid speed down ball over the net. Now, what's interesting is this is the one of the great part of our games is that it's not like basketball where one player needs to be able to shoot at a really high clip or you need a big man in the in the paint to be able to get rebounds, right? You have specific people responsible for specific things in basketball. Well, in volleyball, guess what? Every single player has to have the ability to control the ball. Everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a middle, if you're an opposite, if you're a libero, if you're a left side. Maybe the setter gets away with a little bit here, but you'll hear in a second, no, they need they need amazing ball control as well. How well can all of your players do it? Because it only takes one player to have poor ball control where all of a sudden your team is not in system anymore. And in system, just in case you don't know what that means, in system means that the ball is passed to the setter nice and high, well, at a good height, and the setter has time to set all four hitting options. Okay, that's called in system. Out of system is when the setter does not have all four hitting options and maybe just has one or, excuse me, one or two. So we have to understand that every single person on our team needs to have good ball control in order for us to be successful. Now, coaches, I ask you, how often do you work on ball control as a unit, as an entire team? And do you hold everyone to the same accountability level? You should. You absolutely should. I made the mistake when I was a younger coach where I didn't hold my middles to the same level that I hold my left size, that is to the same level that I hold my liberos because I know that they're dealing with more platform work than my middles. But guess what? I found out very soon that's not true. Middles have a lot of platform work as well. When And this leads to my next point. How well is your ball control when it's short over the net? Guess what? Middles have to control that ball. And nine out of 10 times, it's with their platform, not their hands. Because if the ball is low enough, they got... Actually, I shouldn't say nine out of 10 times. A good amount of times, it's with their platform, not their hands. It's actually a lot more times with their hands as well. So it's not nine out of 10. It's a bit less, maybe 50-50. But... How well do your players, all your players, left sides, you know, opposites, how well do your players control a ball when it's just over the net? Do they have the ability to pop it back up to the setter and then come and do a full approach? Is there short ball control? There's a different. There's long ball control and there's short ball control. Is their short game effective? One way to practice your short game is uh, you can do a lot of king or queen's court where you just are allowed to bump in and around the attack line. So the, the boundaries essentially are your attack line. The attack line all the way around the court and the end line, that could be your boundary for a little short court. We call it short court. You could throw up antennas in the middle and then you could divide that into multiple courts. So you have multiple short courts where you can get two on two action going. That helps. That helps a lot with, with the short court. All right. So everyone needs to be able to set and control the ball, which is actually my third point. Everyone needs to control the ball and everyone needs to set. Think about that. The setter, yes, the setter needs to set, of course, but there are many situations where sometimes the setter can't get to the ball or it doesn't make sense for the setter to get to the ball because they'll either overshoot it, not put themselves in a good position to set, and therefore your offense is not going to be good on that particular rally. So instead, it's probably better that another player closer to the ball takes it. Now, if that player doesn't have good ball control and can't put the ball in a great location and height so our attackers can swing on that ball, that's known as an out-of-system ball, we have a disadvantage, and we don't want that. 
We want to make sure that everybody on our team has the ability to set. So they need to work on their hands, their ball control with their hands, their ability to set, volley. These are things that everyone should work on. So when you're doing drills, coaches, make sure that your middles, your middles, your left sides, your opposite have the ability to set the ball. That doesn't have to be a fantastic, like, you know, in-system, tempo ball, shoot type set. It doesn't have to do that. It just has to be a high ball, off the net, good location. That's it. That's all it has to do. So understand that is really important, all right? Here's another interesting area of control. One handball control. How well do your players have one handball control? Now, you may ask, well, coach, why, why would they need to have one handball control? When are they going to use that in a game? Well, besides the fact of attacking, yes, attacking, you're going to have one hand on the ball, but you may be thinking of other things not instead of attacking. Well, they need ball control with one hand. What if they have to reach over the net to prevent the ball from going over or to, or to control the ball when it goes over? What if... They have to chase a ball, and they have to hit the ball back in play with one hand. Well, if they don't know how to do that, if they don't know how to have their palms up ready to work, guess what? That's a problem. So one hand ball control is important. Sometimes when we dig, now digging is not the same as ball control, so bad example, but when we dig, we dig with one hand, okay? Really important. So one hand ball control is just important. Second contact ball control, which I just talked about, like in, in the event the setter can't get to the ball, our, our team has to be comfortable and confident to be able to control that second contact. Also with your setters, by the way, coaches, I don't know if you know this, but setters, setters need to have not only overhead ball control where they're going to be setting with their hands, but they also need to have good forearm ball, ball control because a lot of times, and coaches, you might be able to relate to this, a lot of times, if a ball is passed low, the setter may not be able to get their hands on it and it will have to resort to their platform. Now, do they have a good enough platform and do they have the ball control to be able to put that ball in a good location for a hitter to hit it and have good height on that ball as well for the hitter to contact? That is something that you should practice. In addition to that, when they come off the net, let's say it's an out-of-system situation and the setter is running after that ball, there's no help available, well, they're going to have to bump that ball up to a great location. Do they have the ability to bump on the side of their body, on the front of their body, to a great location off the net at a good height where the attackers can attack it? Things that we got to think about. Okay, So setters also need to bump. They need to use forearm. They need to use hands. Okay? You know, an interesting thing, another point too, is we've played against teams, and, I, and I've seen this at high level too, like some NCAA teams and, you know, very popular in the women's game as well, is there's a lot of teams that go down on C-ball. So what that means is they don't actually block a C-ball attack. So for those of you that don't know, a C-ball attack is a backcourt opposite attack, right side attack. It's on the right side of the court coming out of position one, hitting behind the attack line. Well, taking off behind the attack line. So that's a C-ball. And a lot of times, a lot of coaches I've seen don't block that C-ball. They instead train and trust their ability as a team to control that ball and be able to, you know, dig or, or, or pass it up. Now, higher level, when we have C-ball attackers, that is not a great strategy because the attack is so strong that it's you need a block. You can't. It's like, you know, it's like basically no block on the left side. Well, you wouldn't do that. So therefore, you would probably wouldn't do it on the right side ball either. So things like that, 
really important. Um, and, I, and I've seen teams down on C-ball, which is crazy. And some of them have great ball control, but that's something they practice. So they work on that ball control on a backcourt attack, right, which is also very important. Well, let's talk about placement of the third contact. Now, I did briefly talk about, I talked about attacking the third ball. Like the third contact, we talked about the fact that uh, the last resort is going to be a bump over the net, which is true. The last resort is that. But question for you coaches, do your players have the ability both with four overhead ball control as well as forearm ball control? Do they have the ability to place the ball exactly where they want it to go on third contact? Do If you're trying to get it in the corner of one, can they put the ball there consistently? Or are they just putting it into the zone? And either or is fine. But how well can they control the ball to where they want it to go? Especially when the ball is not like a, here you go, here's a nice free ball to bump back over. What if it's a ball that they just have to run to, establish their position, and then put it over? Do they have the ability to control it well enough to get it to where they want it to go? And again, this is something that we need to practice. we got to have practice in that. And also, we have to teach our players the intent of stuff like that. You know, it's not... They're naturally, they're not going to try to attack a ball on third contact that is a really in out of system ball that they don't have a full approach on, right? We, we talked about that earlier. They're also going to just, you know, in certain situations, bump the ball over on third contact if it's not an attack. If they feel like they can't attack the ball on third contact, you know, the general, the, the general, um, not ideal, but the general kind of way that athletes feel comfortable or the general comfortability if that's even a word is to just bump it over and keep it in play that's 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 the general consensus let's keep it in play so that we have a chance to play defense well i challenge that i don't i don't just say let's keep it in play i say let's keep it in play and put it in a position where their defense now is going to have to work to be able to have all four hitters running at them hopefully we get an out of system situation and we can get a ball back Like I talked about earlier, we're playing the long game. So do they have the ability to place that third contact and not out or in the net, but in a specific zone, a specific location? So really, you know, we we talked, I mean, I've I've been going on for over 25 minutes here about ball control. We talked about, let me just recap here really quickly. We talked about overhead ball control. We talked about forearm ball control, free ball ball control, both long and short balls over the net. Everyone needs to be able to set. Everyone needs to be able to control the ball because like I mentioned earlier, it's not like basketball where one player is responsible for getting rebounds potentially. One player is responsible for threes. Well, in our in our league now in the NBA, is, I mean, everyone's shooting threes. But in our game, in the volleyball game, when that ball comes over the net, it's, it's potentially five players' ball. And they all need to have good ball control to get it to the setter so we can execute. All of your players need good ball control. How well are you doing that? And it also gives you an opportunity to dive into the skills. I talked about it on the previous pod and did a couple of interviews where the coaches were talking about skills, skills, skills. Train your skills. When you help your players improve their ball control, things are great. Things are great. Their passing is by default will improve. Their passing will improve regardless, right? It's a byproduct of working on ball control, okay? We talked about one hand ball control, second contact ball control. Again, everyone's a setter setter bump as well as using their hands can your setter use can your setter use their forearm to set the ball when they need to we talked about how some teams go down on c which i don't recommend but again if it's if it's not a hard c ball you can do that and then the last thing we talked about is placement of the third contact not in sorry not into the net not out but do they have the ability to place the third ball all right 
And all of this really leads to this out of system hitting that I was talking about earlier. And out of system hitting just means that the setter does not have all four options available to them. Generally speaking, it's just one or two options, either an opposite right side or you have your left side. Now, the reason out of system hitting is, imp is important is because, like I said earlier, everybody has to have the ability to set. Everybody does. And it's important as a coach that you focus not just on the hitting aspect of out of system hitting, which is important because that's how you convert and score and that's your offense, but it's important that your players have the ability to set an out of system ball. And what that set looks like is it's inside, about a foot inside the court and about a foot off the net, maybe even, maybe even two feet off the net. We want it off the net and we want it inside the court because what happens is when that happens, you can go high off hands, which is my favorite shot, by the way. You guys know that, one of my favorite shots, is you, we, we want to train our hitters to swing high off the hands and make it very difficult for the defense to play the ball out of. Now, of course, if there is a seam, you're going to swing seam. That's a great shot. But your players have to be confident enough to have the ability to be able to control the ball overhead, swing with a purpose, go high off hands, go seam, tool the block, you can tip, you can super tip off the block, power tip, whatever you want to call it. You got to be able to have a confidence in doing that. So out of system hitting, we have to go both controlling the set for the out of system ball as well as hitting the out of system ball. So go off hands, high inside, swing on third ball unless it's impossible, right? These are This is all in all out of system situations. Swing on that third ball unless it's impossible where you only have a choice to bump it back over, all right? Uh, in terms of out of system hitting, I don't want to get into it too much. I talked I talked about it earlier on the uh, on uh, other episodes, but essentially, just make sure you have a runway to approach. You want to make sure you have a runway to approach. You want to make sure your runway to approach is relative to where the setter is setting the ball from. So if the ball is being set really far, okay, your approach might come a little bit inside the court. You might start a little inside. But if the, if the ball is an out-of-system ball and it's in the court, then you're going to start a little bit outside the court. And you're going to come in and get ready for a ball that's going to be set off the net and inside the court. And you're going to aim for the high hands unless, of course, there's a seam. That is out-of-system hitting in a nutshell, to be quite honest. It's honestly, that's all it is. And it's hitting with a purpose. It's practicing this. Really, really got to practice this. Okay, Just like you got to practice hitting that third ball, no matter what the set is, no matter how, as long as it's high enough that you can make it, you can swing, we got to teach that. We got to train that. So put your team in many different situations where they're getting multiple repetitions on balls that they you normally would see a free ball go over, which us bumping the ball over. But now we're going to see them attack it and attack it with a purpose so we can generate points or we get the ball back in a more controlled environment where we can then have four attackers coming at them at once. All right. Again, we got to play the long game. So that wraps up this episode in terms of ball control and out of system hitting. I hope you understand. I hope you got some value out of it. I hope I, I was able to shed some light on maybe different areas that you may not have been thinking about. And maybe now you're thinking about it. Maybe now you're going to apply more ball control drills or maybe have a little bit more emphasis on ball control and practice because it is really, really important. All right. So I really want to make sure that you dial in on that. And, um, and and improve your, and again, it's, this is skills. This is volleyball skills. We want to improve our volleyball skills to the best of our ability so we can perform at a high level, okay? I, I can already hear my voice starting to go. It's like, it, it's, I have been, what I bet, this episode's been going on for like over 30 minutes. It's one o'clock in the morning now. Woo, I got to head to bed because I got work early in the morning. But 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I mentioned earlier on the pod that I did a live presentation inside DVA on stats. Stats was also another important thing. I did an episode on stats um, a while ago. I can't, I can't remember the uh, the episode number, but it was earlier. Um, but if you're a coach out there who is interested in really, you know, elevating their 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 game, um, really growing as a coach, improving your knowledge and skills of the game, and and want a place where you can go ask questions and and you know really talk to other volleyball coaches and get mentorship. You know, I love mentoring coaches. We have a, we have about 200 coaches inside DVA right now, and um, I jump on coaching calls with them twice a month. I, I try to help them, guide them. You get to see inside my gym what we're doing behind the scenes. Um, you get to hear what I what you get to hear. What am I saying in my timeouts? What am I saying in games and my huddles and my my film sessions, my practices, like what's going on in a college gym, you get a chance to see all that in addition to like all the courses that we have. So if that's something you're interested in, you want some good mentorship, you want some a place where you can go and grow as a coach and really change the lives of your athletes, head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. That's digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Sign up for the wait list when doors open, which will be the for like some sometime early in January, doors will be back open, uh, where we get to welcome the new set of members uh, for 2022. Can't wait to get to know you, get to work with you, and really help you grow your game as a coach. So digitalvolleyballacademy.com, and that's where you can register for the waitlist. And that's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care, everyone. All right, cue the music. Look. Are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.